G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. If ever you need to sign a contract, it is actually a good idea that you read it. Although that's a challenge because so many of them are lengthy with fine print. But in today's program, we're going to learn that the contract or covenant we're part of is paying dividends that last forever. Our series is entitled, Heartfelt and Inspired, Understanding 2 Corinthians, a verse-by-verse commentary. And in this particular program, we're going to see the Apostle Paul showing us the difference between the Old and the New Covenant, the Old and the New Testament. What we've learned is that covenant or testament, they're basically the same thing, is a binding agreement between two parties. If you keep the terms of the covenant, you're blessed. If you violate them, you're in deep trouble. Now, the closest thing we have to covenant in our day is marriage. And marriage is meant to be lifelong. When marriage succeeds, everybody wins. If marriage fails, it is most painful. And not just does it affect the immediate family, but society also can be affected as well. What we have in the Bible are two covenants, the old and the new. The old is especially symbolized by Moses, the Mosaic covenant with the Ten Commandments and other laws. We're told there's something like 613 laws of Moses. When you keep the terms of Moses's covenant, that's if you can even remember 613 commandments, then you can live. But the truth is Israel, despite its efforts, could not keep the law as it would have liked. Then, of course, there's the new covenant, which was ratified through the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose again from the dead for our justification. And through this new covenant, there is life, there is blessing, there is glory, there's eternity, and there's even more glory and more glory. What Paul does here is he contrasts the two covenants. He calls the first one the ministry of of death and the ministry of condemnation. Now, it might sound really disrespectful, but he's just being honest. What happens is when we look at the old covenant, especially at the Ten Commandments, and the Ten Commandments, by the way, are from God. They're wonderful. They are worth, shall we say, observing, but you don't get saved by them. Because ultimately, the Ten Commandments not only outline God's standards, but also show us we need a savior. Because if you go through every one of the Ten Commandments, ask yourself the question, have I kept this commandment all my life in letter, 
as well as in spirit. And sure, we may never have killed anybody, but Jesus talks about hatred in the heart is the same as murdering somebody. Or we say we've never committed adultery, at least not with our hands. But if you've committed it in your heart, it's the same as doing it with your hands. That's why the law condemns us, because when we see what we're really like, then we're in trouble. But then that's the purpose. It shows us we're not sufficient of ourselves. We need a savior. So as the old covenant is called the ministry of death and condemnation, the new covenant is called the ministry of righteousness. It is also the ministry of life. And interestingly, both covenants had glory. The glory of the old covenant was so powerful that the face of Moses shined like a star. He had to wear a veil over his face so he didn't blind people. But you know, he kept the veil on longer than necessary because the glory was fading, but he didn't want anyone to know about it. He fooled ancient Israel, but he didn't fool Paul. Paul tells us this. At the same time, the new covenant has ever increasing glory. So wonderful that all our earthly life is being prepared for such an event like this. Friends, God has given us his word, his son, his Holy Spirit. It is time that we say yes to Jesus and yes to the new covenant. I would now like to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 to 11. And here we're going to see the two covenants contrasted. And may I just add this? We do have to have relationship with God via covenant. It's pretty much like getting married as opposed to just cohabitating or being in the de facto relationship. No, the new covenant legalizes, ratifies, and makes du jour our contact, our relationship, our status with God Almighty. So let's listen carefully to the word of the Lord, 2 Corinthians 3, 7 to 11. But if the ministration of death written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory." For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Second Corinthians 3, verses 7 to 11. Our lesson, and this is number 12 of Heartfelt and Inspired, Understanding Second Corinthians. And by the way, why do we call it that? Because Paul, the apostle, is showing his heart, not just being lucid with his head. <laughs> he is telling us what is inside. He's a real person, as dynamic and as world-changing and as history-making as he was. He shows us his emotions, his heart, his care, his love. That's why it's heartfelt. We call it inspired because, of course, it's the Word of God, Second Corinthians. Verse 7, but if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. Okay, that's a long verse, and it's saying some powerful things. Paul speaks boldly about the old covenant, of which he was once a staunch guardian. 
Remember, he spent his days full-time hunting out Messianic believers in Jerusalem and then eventually in Damascus to bring them to trial and to have them condemned. Yet now he's calling the same old covenant the ministration or ministry of death. Now, not because it's a horrible thing, it's a wonderful thing, but basically when you see the terms of the covenant and you ask yourself, have I kept this covenant? The answer is no. Nobody's kept the terms of the covenant. For as it says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. As it tells us in Isaiah, there is none righteous, no, not one. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. So the old covenant makes that really plain. It is not flawed. It is pretty much like a mirror to show us what we're really like. And think about it this way, with an epidemic of narcissism, in our society today, where people have these wild, fictitious images of themselves as if they're going to be the next uh, Pavarotti or the next Billy Graham or the next whoever it may be. All they need to do after they've been fantasizing long enough is to go to the mirror. And when they see what they look like, especially first thing in the morning, then reality hits in. Now, they can be in denial of that reality or break the mirror or do something else, but That's what the Old Covenant is. It is the mirror to show us how we really stack up. Most people, and I mean like 90% plus, think that they are organically good. But when the Old Covenant comes into the picture and shows them God's standards, don't lie, don't covet, don't bear false witness, don't violate God's holy day. Don't use God's name in vain. When we are confronted with these and other alpine high standards, we should be honest and say, no, I have not kept these things. And no, by myself, I am not able. But Christ in me, the hope of glory, is able to fulfill the spirit of God's holy law. And by the way, when we fulfill God's law, it's not a heavy burden, but it's an easy yoke and a light burden. So Paul is saying that despite the name and image, the old covenant had a great glory to the point the children of Israel couldn't look at Moses because his face shined brightly. The thing is, Moses kept the veil on longer than should have been. He kept the veil on even when the glory had faded because he didn't want them to lose confidence in him or maybe there was a pride issue. So yes, he fooled Israel, but he didn't fool Paul. Paul tells it straight in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 7. Yes, the old covenant, the ministry of death, had glory, a fading glory. But in verse 8, it tells us this, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? So we call the new covenant ministry of the Spirit, ministry of righteousness. We can add ministry of life. I'm sure the Lord wouldn't mind. Paul uses the genre of comparison and contrast. In order to appreciate something, you contrast it with something else. The old covenant had a great, though fading, glory, whereas the new covenant is destined for an even greater glory, a glory that never, ever fades away. That alone makes it, in that sense, better than the old. And of course, if you want a good contrast between old and new covenant, go visit the book of Hebrews. We have an entire Understanding the Bible series on Hebrews. It is called Best of All Understanding the Book of Hebrews. You can go to our homepage for more information.
But Hebrews contrasts the two covenants, and here in 2 Corinthians 3, it does the same. So let's go now to verse 9. It says this, For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. All right, here we go. So, It says, the old covenant, which is called the ministry of condemnation and the ministry of death, is now contrasted with the new covenant, ministry of the spirit, ministry of righteousness. Both of them are ministries. Both of them are from God. Both of them are important, so important, they're found in the scriptures. Both of them have glory. But the difference is, the old covenant's glory, though it was great, is fading The new covenant's glory is very much present, and it keeps getting more and more and more, and it will not fade whatsoever. Then, as we continue on with this whole description of the ministration of death and ministration of the Spirit, here's something else to consider in verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 3. It says, For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. What is Paul saying here? When you contrast two things, let's let's say for argument's sake, there is a little zirconium, one carat. Zirconium looks like a diamond, but it's not a diamond. It's a much more cost-effective, shall we call it, affordable version of having something that looks like a diamond, but isn't. But contrast that one carat zirconium with a five carat exquisite flawless diamond. Forget the diamond for a moment. Focus on the zirconium. It looks pretty nice, one carat. Let's even bump it up to three carats, okay? It looks really nice, especially when some light shines on it. Then bring the five carat genuine flawless finely cut diamond next to the zirconium. You will be so dazzled You will not only forget the glory of the zirconium, you'll forget about the zirconium full stop. I'm not one that goes to jewelry very much. I mean, it's not my thing. I don't even wear a wedding ring, although I am very happily married. The only jewelry I have is a watch. Nevertheless, even someone like me had to stand up and take notice when I went to London and visited the Tower of London, and there's an exhibit within the exhibit It's called the crown jewels. It's not cheap to go see the crown jewels. You've already paid to go to the Tower of London. Now you've got to pay again. Can I just say, if you've come from Australia or somewhere far away and you've never been there before, pay the money and go see it. You won't be there long and there'll be plenty of people who have paid the money. But for those few minutes that you are there, maybe even moments that you are there, you will never forget what you see. Even for someone that doesn't, care that much about diamonds and rubies and all that. What you see at the exhibit of the crown jewels is indescribably beautiful. My visit was a long time ago, even though I go to London regularly. But I'll tell you, till this day, I cannot forget the splendor of those wonderful jewels. That's how the new covenant is compared to the old. It is so wonderful, you'll forget about any other jewels you've seen anywhere else. That's how exquisite it is. Therefore, back to verse 10. When the old covenant, though it had glory, it'll seem like it had no glory at all when you look at the new covenant with its ever-increasing glory. 
Therefore, that leads us to our final verse for this Lesson 12 of Heartfelt and Inspired Understanding 2 Corinthians. When we look at verse 11, it says, For of that which is done away with, or that which is done away, was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. All right, so let's put it this way. Again, another earthy example. Two luxury cars. Let's say the one is a BMW. And it's a brand new BMW. It's a smart color. It's, it's great. It's coming down the road. And you look at, oh, what a great, great car. But then comes a Rolls Royce. And then following that, maybe even a Lamborghini. Again, I'm a guy, I'm not into jewels. I'm not even into cars. I couldn't care less as long as it's clean and decent and it's operative. And it gets me from point A to B and it doesn't look like an embarrassment. All right, that's all I care. I don't care about the tires, the extra fittings or anything else or the speed for that matter or how many horsepower or cylinders are under the bonnet. But just think of it a minute. You have just looked at the BMW and then you see an even more luxurious car. Which one are you going to remember? I think the answer is obvious. And by the way, I'm not saying that the more costly is actually a better car. It's the way it's styled. It's the name. It's the image. It's the connotation. Now, if that applies to earthly examples, let me tell you, it's even more striking when it has to do with spiritual. Let me be on record. Jesus says, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill it. Well, because Jesus fulfills the law and he is the mediator of a new covenant, our duty now is not to focus on the old law, but on the fulfillment of that law, because that's where the glory is. That's where the life is. That's where forgiveness is. That's why we honor the old covenant, but we are in relationship with God by virtue of the new covenant. So our lesson has been entitled, Two Covenants Contrasted. What is our lesson for life? When you experience the ultimate glory of God in the new covenant, you will forget all your pain, sorrow, and sighing, for the former things have passed away. Let me say that lesson again. When you experience the ultimate glory of God in the new covenant, you will forget all your pain, sorrow, sighing, for the former things have passed away. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education, and thank you for liking our page. In addition, you can subscribe through our homepage to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter, helping you understand the times through articles on the Bible, practical Christian living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for 2 Corinthians and the contrast of the New Covenants. We honor the Old Covenant for bringing us to faith and being part of our Bible. We also, of course, give ourselves to the New Covenant, which is the ministry of the Spirit. It's the ministry of righteousness. It's the ministry of life. And we thank you for all this through the mediator of that covenant, our Lord Jesus. Amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.